Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Stock Market Today by Investors Business Daily. It's Justin Nielsen here, and I'm joined by Ed Carson, our IBD news editor. Uh, we've got a uh, you know, uh, some interesting action to go over with you. It's May 16th, 2023, and a uh, lot of mixed mixed results, uh, depending on what you're looking at. We'll take a look at a few stocks, including On Holdings, AMD, and uh, Excellus. But um, let's first take a look at the indexes, Ed. Uh, I mean, we got the S&P 500 ending up finishing down six-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ composite was was trading positive until the very end, and that, that's now down two-tenths of a percent at the close. Uh, NASDAQ 100 ended up just up uh, about a tenth of a percent, while the Dow Jones Industrial down a full 1%, and the Russell 2000, even worse, uh, down about 1.4%. So uh, what was your take on the, uh, on the day and that last-minute sell-off? Yeah, I mean, for much of the, the session, uh, mega caps and some chips, and there's some overlap there, uh, they were leading the NASDAQ, keeping that fractionally higher while most of the market was down. So it looked like a pretty weak day outside of a very narrow area. Uh, then right at the close, there was uh, headlines that basically said that uh, President Biden was going to cut short a trip uh, to Asia, which just suggested that there's no real breakthrough on the debt ceiling and just raising, oh boy, this is, it's more serious. So that gave it just a little bit of punch to uh, bring the NASDAQ down. But really, the breadth was extremely weak. Uh, and it's, it, there's, it's very divergent. There was real divergence. Sometimes we talk about narrowly mixed, where the Dow is down 0.1%, the NASDAQ's up 02 This was not narrowly mixed. There was some pretty big divergence. And that's been, you know, it's been continuing for a while now. Yeah, we've been talking about that for a while, how if you're looking at the market-weighted indexes, you're, you're looking at one thing. If you're looking at the equal-weighted indexes, you're looking at something completely different. And it just seems like it's adding more and more confusion. I mean, not to mention uh, that we still have, you know, again, debt ceiling fears, recession fears, inflation fears, uh, fears of this, fears of that, it seems like. And I mean, while earnings season is mostly over, uh, we're still getting some earnings out there that are knocking things around, as we'll see in a little bit with uh, with the shoemaker on holdings. But uh, let's take a look at the NASDAQ composite real quick. Um, as, as you said, this is something that has been making some steady progress forward. Um, but, you know, we're, we're at highs for the 2023 year. But is this something to really be excited about? Well, look, if this were the market, if this reflected the market, the breadth, you know, the diversity, we'd be pretty happy. Oh, you know, it's we're, we're at the highest level since late August, and that's nice. But it's so focused on the cues, and we'll we'll go into it more. But this this is fine, but just about everything else looks worse. It's uh, so uh, you know you have to look at all those those features. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we might as well, since we're on the Nasdaq, just kind of do the drill down, and we can look at the cues which is the NASDAQ 100. Um, these are a little bit stronger because, of course, the NASDAQ 100 takes away the, it takes the top 100 of the NASDAQ composite, but takes out the financial stocks, which, I mean, that helps when you have a banking crisis uh, to take those out. So this has looked a little bit stronger, but if we compare this versus QQEW, which is the equal weighted, um, you do get a little bit of a, pic uh, a worse picture. I mean, it's not at highs. It's right there at its 200-day, I mean, the 50-day moving average line. So uh, not nearly as strong looking as the Qs themselves with the market cap weighting. Yeah, and this was showing an encouraging move here. I mean, you could say, like, if we could just get another day, another another strong day, it would at least look 
almost like one of these early entries bouncing off the 50 day line. So again, this doesn't include financials. This is mostly tech companies, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and here, and that's been doing better, but right down there, it's still holding the 50 day line, but not, not leading either. Right. Now, if we look at the S&P 500, which, I mean, look, it's got the oil and gas in there that's been struggling, the, the financials that were struggling. So still, it's been holding up. I mean, it's we're right there at the 21-day moving average line for the S&P 500. But if you look at the equal weighted on this one, uh, RSP is the ETF that we usually use here. I mean, this looks like a, you know, a, a very clear downtrend. <laughs> yeah. And this one is the lowest close since late March. Uh, you know, this has been trending lower for a while. In fact, it's now just a couple pennies below. It's now closer to the October lows than to the February highs. Mm -hmm. And that is just a real sea change compared to the to the NASDAQ 100 or even the NASDAQ. It's pinned below all its moving averages, can't seem to get above that. Uh, and so that's where you're seeing this kind of broad weakness. And you can look at all sorts of metrics, but this really exemplifies how weak the breadth is in the market. Yeah, and so two of the things that, um, two of the symbols that we use on MarketSmith, uh, if you're looking at the NASDAQ, we use GMIAB, which shows us the uh, advanced decline line on the NASDAQ. Again, pretty clear downtrend there. Um, and this know, doesn't decliners. include today. That's gonna get a yeah, big drop right. down. But, this was this was uh, like three to one or two to one drop today. Yeah, and then of course uh, on the NYSE, it's GMIAA, which was looking a little bit stronger, but as you mentioned, I mean, it's not including today, which is gonna look a little bit worse for, for that. Um, let's go ahead and just kind of round out the discussion. Dow Jones Industrial Average, uh, that got hit uh, by, by over a percent and back below the 50-day moving average line. Yeah, again, once you get away from the NASDAQ 100, it's becoming more and more clear as, as you know, it's like more and more of these are just showing this weakness, not finding support. So uh, not great, not great to see this. And over in the small caps, IWM, which is the iShares Russell 2000, um, a strong day yesterday, uh, largely because of banks kind of rebounding. But uh, it was the, the the strong day yesterday was uh, a weekday today. Yeah, and banks didn't do well great today, but they weren't really leading the decline. They they were holding up for a while when the Russell was weak to begin with. So they just sort of slid at the end. This just can't get above its 50-day line. And again. Uh, just shows you that that problem there. Mm -hmm. So now let's go ahead and kind of uh, touch a little bit on, we, we've got a few things to look at here. And we were kind of talking about how the headlines, man, if, if you were given the headlines ahead of time and said, okay, now what do you think the stocks are gonna do? Uh, it just seems like the headlines aren't giving you any advantage right now. Cause here we have this debt crisis uh, fears. You would think that would have an effect on gold. But if we take a look at, what gold is doing, GLD, I mean, that that got hit pretty hard today. Yeah, it got hit pretty hard, and it's been trending lower the last several days, you know, and it's not GDX. That's mm -hmm. coming down even more, which is not unusual. The GDX tracks the miners, and that tends to have more of a flow. Um, part of that's the dollar strengthening. I mean, for all the thing is like, America might default, but that sends people as almost like a safe haven. It's just, it's a strange environment. I mean, there's things going on. It's like running to danger almost for safety. Uh, but this is, so if you, if you heard the headlines, you might default, you'd say, oh, that's a great environment for gold. And yet that's not happening right now. It, it is, but that's just something you have to, you know, sometimes what seems like the obvious thing, even when you know the news uh, is not obvious. 
Yeah, and then on the ten-year Treasury yield, uh, looking at zero TNX, uh, that's that's kind of rebounding a little bit. Got back above its fifty-day moving average line and right at its two hundred-day. Uh, a pretty pretty strong move the last three days. Yeah, I mean it's still sort of in a range, so it's hard to get mm -hmm. you know in that kind of thing. But some stronger economic data in the U.S. and and mind you, another thing balancing out there was weaker economic data in China, so that could be part of the reason why we're seeing a stronger dollar uh, versus that. Uh, there might be some debt ceiling talk issues here too. It's hard to tease all that out. It would maybe if we see a real spike, like if we really get to the limit, you know, almost to the limit, that's when you might see some real gyrations that are obvious. Yeah. Um, now taking a look at some of the other ETFs, uh, we have XBI, which is uh, often, you know, we we look at this as a kind of a a measure of the the biotech area. Uh, biotech's hit a little bit hard today because of uh, some news of some acquisition blocks, right? Yeah, the FTC moved to block uh, Amgen's proposed takeover of Horizon, uh, Horizon Therapeutics, and you can see how this tumbled. Uh, and it's not just that one move, but you know this is not usual for them to do that. And the language they used, and the, you know the reasoning could be used to block a lot of mergers, and so a lot of buyout buzz, and so some various other stocks that have been are in takeovers, or you might think could be buyout takeovers. Uh, all of a sudden, that possible valuation. Uh, might be taken out a little bit. So uh, that could be an issue for biotechs for a while. Right. Uh, so in addition to Horizon, Seattle Genetics, or CGen, as it's now called, uh, was taking taking a hit. And, you know, Shockwave, which there were kind of those rumors. Uh, we've been looking at that one, SWAV, and uh, that was that was down a little bit, but uh, recovered quite a bit, um, you know, ended up ended up flat for the day. So um, yeah, kind of, a, kind of a mixed bag there. Uh, but then you have like, Eli Lilly and some of the, the bigger ones that were, you know, weathering weathering the storm just fine in terms of some of those big drug makers. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what about in the tech tech sector? Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, the strength of chips. So SMH is usually what we're looking at there. Um, we noted in yesterday's SMT, this got back above the 50-day moving average line. Uh, was making some progress earlier in the day, but uh, kind of kind of fell at the uh, close. Yeah, it did. And that's a little, I mean, there's some strength in AMD and NVIDIA and chip gear makers and some of the chip gear giants, those have been doing well. So this was came down, but, you know, honestly, that's flat. You know, for, given how much weakness there was elsewhere, this isn't bad. I, and I wouldn't say this is a broad base across the board chip rally, but right. it's not just AMD. It's not just NVIDIA. You also see some EV chip makers. You have these chip gear makers. So it feels like there's at least like maybe a dozen names that you'd say, oh, those look pretty good. I mean, that you could pretty easily rattle off and others are setting up. So, it, you know, that's a positive sign. Uh, you know, I'm trying to look for like silver linings because the breadth is terrible, but at least chips are getting to be a little bit more, uh, a little more breadth in that regard. Yeah. And uh, finally, we'll wrap this up with uh, IGV, which is the software, uh, tech software ETF. Uh, this is just hovering right there at 300, uh, just below there. Uh, what, what do you what do you make of the software area? Yeah, some of this is Microsoft, which is you know arguably more cloud and AI than anything to do with software per se, but Salesforce. But there's a lot of other names, you know, ServiceNow, uh, some of the cloud names which may not even be that heavy in this uh, ETF, or at least not that big of a weight. They're coming up, so this is another area. So again, you can you can imagine, and if you're in the right stocks. I mean, you may seem like, why are you guys being so negative? There's a lot of stocks right. are doing great, you know, and so it depends on the stocks you are or how nimble you are. Uh, and it, it could be that if we just have a good day or two, all of a sudden, a lot of things will start looking a lot better. We're just not quite there in terms of a in terms of breadth.
Mm -hmm. Now let's go ahead and uh, take a look at some of these stocks and we can start with on holdings ticker symbol ONON. -O uh, this, you know, had such a, you know, phenomenal earnings report uh, last time. I mean, skyrocketed up, uh, was really holding the 21 day moving average line. Uh, nothing really wrong with this one. And a lot of the shoemakers were doing well, but then Crocs had its earnings report. It got knocked down quite a bit. Uh, and now we had re uh, earnings report for on on. At, at the surface, it looked like a pretty good earnings report. Why did the stock get pummeled like this? Look, if this stock had gone up 10% anyway, it would have been easy to say why, okay? It's, it's, our life. it's after the fact, though. They raised guidance, but they raised guidance by how much they raised Q1, which suggests that they didn't raise guidance for the rest of the year. Maybe that's just not enough. And they also, on the call, they said, well, growth is probably going to slow significantly in the second half. Now, part of that's just tougher comparisons. And it's still going to be robust, like in the 30 mid-30s or something in that 30% level for revenue growth. But that isn't maybe what people are expecting you know, or hoping for, given that's a huge run. Uh, so it did find support at the 50-day line or the 10 or right around the 10-week line may have closed a little below that. So that's a key area of this area. Uh, but it's also not that shocking given such a big move and the expectations uh, being high uh, for, you know, people really demanding strong growth from, from, uh, from companies like this. Yeah. And I guess the frustrating part is that it feels like, you know, here you have a month, month and a half's worth of progress that just gets wiped out with a single day. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, that's kind of the nature of the beast, especially uh, with with earnings. Um, turning our attention over to uh, another stock here, AMD. You know, you mentioned a lot of the chips, and AMD is, you know, certainly one of the better looking chips out there. It seems like once it got back above its 200-day moving average line, uh, and then started holding above the 50-day moving average line, it just really kind of had a a different look to it recently. So uh, what And we should also mention that there's some pretty nice volume spikes here on the blue side. So that's nice to see. Um, what's what's your take on AMD here? Well, I think the time to probably buy was right in here, like on maybe this day, like right, right there, mm -hmm. because it was breaking decisively above the 50-day line, still pretty close. Nice move today. It actually briefly got above the official buy point. It would have been nice if it could have paused and formed a full handle. Could have bought here. You might be thinking, boy, this is the chance. This is going to really move like an NVIDIA or something else. Uh, but uh, it's also you know, still fair amount out there from the 50-day line. So it's, it's a tricky situation in that regard. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of enthusiasm about that AI and about you know, data center chips long term, that this is one of the big winners from it. Uh, but it, it's, you know, when you, it, the traditional breakouts have struggled. I mean, and so some have worked because some will always work that blow through, but it, but it can also, that is just a definitely riskier in this sideways range bound market. Uh, you know, and if we have sector rotation back out of chips again, that, you know, probably will not be great news for AMD, even if the long-term prospects are, are fine. Mm -hmm. Now, for a while there, it seemed like AMD and NVIDIA were kind of just um, going back and forth in terms of who had the best uh, graphical, you know, graphical chip, um, you know, and uh, NVIDIA certainly seems like it's it's been winning the battle lately in terms of just looking at the stock price. So um, do you do you make the decision like, OK, NVIDIA is out of there and it's too extended? Do I go for AMD or is it better to wait for uh, NVIDIA to give you a pause and give you another chance. 
Yeah, that's always a tough question because sometimes the leadership does change and maybe AMD is poised to go on a solid run here while Nvidia will consolidate for a while. Uh, you know, Nvidia has earnings next week, so that could be important for both of these names and maybe a lot of other AI, AI plays. But yeah, so that's that's a challenge. Uh, you know, if you do play this, I think, you know, early entries are usually the way to go and smaller positions. I mean, Joe Fami was talking about a lot of the things that he talks about in this tough market, but smaller positions, uh, focusing on focusing on leaders. And this seems to be a leader. So that is that is a, definitely a positive in this one. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that we look at is the uh, relative strength and that relative strength line getting to new highs, that blue squiggly line there. Um, and also the relative strength rating, 89, meaning that uh, this is outperforming 89% of the stocks in our database uh, at the moment uh, in terms of a 12-month performance. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up with ACLS Excellus. Now, this is also in the semiconductor space. And man, when you know, this had a really nice move. It was holding above its 21-day moving average line, everything looking great. And then it seemed like, you know, uh, we, we got some volatility in there. And then once it crossed its 50-day moving average line, things were looking a little bit dicey. But here we are, a nice rebound since then. Yeah. And I didn't mention it's like AMD tumbled after its earnings and then rebounded. And the same thing happened here. I mean, it was like, this was ugly. Yeah, it closed okay. But falling 7% after earnings after already breaking down below the 50-day line, not great. Uh, but it after that, it's been strong coming back up. I mean, chips in general have been coming back up. It broke above a 50-day line. Uh, and you know, while the volume isn't tremendous, you know, it sort of extended that again. It's stronger volume than, the, than at least a few days. So you could use this as an early entry, you know, from the 50-day line. Uh, you know, this isn't that hot EV play. You know, it's, it's now consolidated. There, there are elevated risks with the market, but, uh, you know, that this one is looking better after being, as you say, very volatile and, and extended for, for uh, quite a while after a big run to start the year. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly worth uh, taking that step back on this one and taking a look at the weekly chart to just kind of see where ACLS is in relation to its, its all-time trading. I mean, it's, it's up there, you know, I mean, that, that, uh, that pullback that it had looks, you know, fairly minor in comparison to the mm -hmm. move that it's had over the last few years. And again, this is one of the few stocks that you can say is, is at highs, whereas a lot of stocks are still looking at a lot of overhead supply from their peaks in, in 2021 or 2022. That's a really good point. There's not a whole lot of people who were that upset for buying this stock. And, you know, another thing is that if you don't want to buy now, you could wait to see if a handle forms uh, or, you know, see, you know, and uh, but but this is one that has, you know, pretty strong growth prospects. And it's actually not that the valuation isn't that high when we think some of these growth names and it's gone on a good run and it's really not that expensive. You know, that wouldn't even, you know, so uh, it's almost a value stock in that regard. So. Uh, another point in its favor, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, not normally, which we look at a uh, uh, chip chip stocks as value stocks, but you know, there it is. When it, when it happens, uh, <laughs> that, that can be some magical moments. Uh, well, thanks a lot for that analysis, there, Ed. And uh, as a reminder for folks, uh, we're going to be back on in the morning. Uh, it's going to be uh, me hosting uh, while while Ali's gone, so I'm going to give my give my shot at that. Uh, we had Joe Fami on today for IBD Live. Uh, David Ryan is going to be on Thursday. So lots of uh, great guest commentary as well. Uh, that starts uh, 10 minutes before the open. Uh, so 6.20 uh, 
Pacific time, 920 Eastern time. And you can always go to investors.com slash IBD live mm -hmm. to take a test drive of that and uh, see what we're talking about. We go a full hour and a half usually into the, the market open, uh, talking about what stocks are setting up, how the, you know, how the reactions to earnings are, uh, economic data as it comes out. So uh, if you'd like, please join us for that. And we'll also be back here tomorrow. It's going to be Ed and Ken uh, sitting in the chair for the Stock Market Today video. Thanks for watching us today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.